0: Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month and you know what that means. That's right. Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping back by the show today and the two ladies will be chatting about getting out of our comfort zones and following our dreams, followed by vulnerability crashes and upper limit thresholds and how to move past them. Any of those things going on in your life? Well, you want to stay tuned for Sunny in Seattle to help you through it. And now I welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke.
1: And welcome, welcome, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. It is first Friday on Sunny in Seattle. So I am here, Sunny Joy McMillan, one of your hosts, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Yay! And uh, Sunny in Seattle is here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. W in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. And if you like podcasts like I do, you can also find the show on uh, uh, iTunes and podcast one. Um, and let's see, my website is goldenoversoul dot com and Alessandra, your website is Yeah, Alessandra Duke dot com. Okay, there's housekeeping. Uh should we check in with Benny? Yes. I wanna hear Minnie. how Benny's doing. <laughs> I know Benny went it for the last couple weeks. I've been like checking in with him, and I'm just like, so he won't say a whole lot. And I'm like, should we just save it for first Friday? Because and he's like, yes. I'm just
0: rolling with it. <laughs> you know, it's not a big deal. I did like your little intro there. You had a little soul with your, uh, you know, website update and so forth like that. So I'm doing all right. <laughs> you know, we've had a busy week all around the nation and stuff. So, you mm-hmm. know, uh-huh.
1: yeah. it deserves an air horn, anyways. <laughs> Yes, only only to honor Bo Jackson from Superstore, one of my favorite sitcoms. Um so. <laughs> I need to still watch it, by the way. Yes, yeah, I, I haven't sent, seen it either. I sent Benny a few clips to so he could see Bo and Bo literally going wah, 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 at any given opportunity <laughs> he can. I break it out and people look at me and they're like, What are you doing? I'm like, my own air horn. You don't even need the sound no, effect. I you don't <laughs> take it with you. <laughs>
0: So good. So good.
1: Well, anything else exciting, Benny, in your life or in Seattle that exciting minds or inquiring minds need to know about? Not particularly. I might hit up the pass this
0: weekend, go do a little tubing. You know, the season's kind of wrapping up a little bit. So, Uh you know, take the boys, Uh let them run around on the snow. (laughs) That's about Mm -hmm. it. Yes, you
1: know? good get them good and tired out. Yeah, exactly.
0: And then they'll just like you know, crash for like forty five minutes on the way home or something like
1: that. For forty five, that's all you get.
0: That's how fast <laughs> I drive too, though. Yeah, that's all you get. Yeah, I'm not that mean. <laughs> Jeez.
2: Oh goodness. No, that's all you get, Benny. All the
0: free yeah. time
1: you get. God, yeah. The day they turn okay.
0: sixteen, they're gonna start driving me around. It's gonna be amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be happening. We'll still be sitting here doing the show and be like, I can't believe it. They were babies when I we know, started. Right? Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, they're babies. <laughs> oh. Well, okay then, yeah. Alessandra. Well, if that's all Benny's got to give us, then let's we'll just let's get started. What? Yeah. A, okay, yeah. so we've got a couple of things on the agenda. I'm I'm actually very excited because. The last first Friday we did was actually not technically first Friday. It was first ish. Um, and the reason being we did it the last week of January, not the first week of February, because you were going to be at your mastermind in Savannah. Was that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh Yeah. Okay. So bring us up to speed, (laughs) ma'am.
2: Yeah. So I went to Savannah, met with my coach for this year, Susan Hyatt, and we had about 25 other women with us that weekend. And um, Susan, of course, pulled out all of the stops, you know, so we had, we stayed in these beautiful um, mansions, like I had mansion mates, <laughs> kind of <laughs> like flatmates, but <laughs> little mansion mates. Um, and we, you know, Savannah is such a gorgeous city and full of history and all of that. So it was just super beautiful and and really wonderful. And I was um, not, you know, I was really, I was having a little like starstruck moment when yeah. I met Susan at first. Um, and so it took my system just a little bit to like calm down. Be cool. I actually told Susan. I said I'm trying really hard to not be creepy and to just cool.
0: <laughs> try not to smile out of your face so much, yeah. right? Yeah. We've Ella all Bondi, been there. she
1: knows creepy. Right. She's had legit stalkers, so I don't think there's anything yes. to do within That's the realm of possibility to get close to said. that.
2: Yeah, she's like, there's really nothing you could do to be creepy. I already know you're okay. <laughs>
1: I hope so. You are a practicing psychologist.
2: Totally. Totally. But, you know, I just don't I really I really try hard not to be too like fangirlish, you know, and just be, you know, a big dork. But I was. I was, you know, as dorky as I needed to be, and um, it, you know, I just learned so much that weekend, you know, she, you know, gave us so, so many ideas in terms of, you know, systems and structures for our business and things to think about, and, you know, that, that was one wonderful part of it, but I think that, um, you know, quite possibly the best piece of it was all of the other women that I got to be around including Susan but that that energy that group energy where everyone was you know on the same team really wanting to grow really it just felt, I mean, the, the vibration just felt so positive and so strong. And, you know, similar to when I host my own events, Susan has a way of, you know, working things in like Beyonce into breaks, you know, so it'd be like Beyonce music playing over, you know, the speaker while we're trying to do our work or something. (laughs) Um, so just, it kept the fun alive and one night she even treated us to a surprise murder mis- murder mystery night dinner hmm. and it ended up that i was they chose me as one of the cast members to act out the murder mystery want to be one of the characters and then i was chosen as the murderer for that night so <laughs> it was sort of funny sort of wild but it like i it really um cracked something open in me, it was really interesting because I felt like um, that night I had gone to dinner just kind of thinking, okay, whoa, well, I've had so, you know, I'm an introvert and so, so much kind of people interaction all day. And I thought, I'm just gonna relax. I'm just gonna kind of stay quiet. And as soon as I walked in the restaurant, um, her Susan COO pulled me aside and said, you know, we need you to act in this murder mystery <laughs> night. <laughs> And so I was like, of course, universe, I was just going to relax and stay (laughs) small and stay quiet. And now you've asked me to be bigger again, you know, and, Uh um, and it really, um, I think that being able to all of a sudden act these things out and being in front of people and connecting in these different ways, it it was almost, I had this, this really surreal experience of sort of meeting myself all over again it was like I was reminded very much of who I am the the sort of um like bigger parts of my personality that are often I think kind of kept a little bit more dormant you know we live in Pacific Northwest it's sort it's very polite especially in Bellingham you know Mm -hmm. and um and I'm still Sort of loud and bold in Bellingham, <laughs> but I think just being able to step out and um, into a space where that's even parts of me felt even more acceptable, or it didn't feel like um, I was being, you know, attention seeking or anything like that. It just felt like fun and openness. It's it's still I'm still forming words to it, but it's like I almost forgot how um, just how big my my personality, my soul actually was, and really felt like I had the chance to reconnect with that. So um I've just been chronically like, okay, how do I bottle that up, you know, and take that with me as I go along um into my everyday kind of regular life, because it just was such an amazing experience. So long to answer to your question, but no, it we really want. was... It was transformative for me.
1: It's a sixty-minute show. We want plenty of time to talk about the story. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I was just thinking of like you said, how do I bottle up? And when you were just talking a moment ago, and you said, you know, I'm kind of loud and bold in Bellingham, and I'm like, now that's like a, a like a Twitter handle or a blog name or something like <laughs> loud and bold in Bellingham. That's- <laughs>
2: Yeah, she's so bold and elegant. And, you know, it does not take much because I, you know, I went out to dinner the other night and, you know, I had like dressed in things that just make me feel good, you know, done my makeup and hair and we run into a friend and he said, oh, makeup, you've got your makeup on. I was like. Yes, I do wear makeup, you know, um, but it people around here for the most part, not a lot of them do, right? It's a lot more like there's an outdoorsy vibe and, you know, it's the the weather here is as it is. So there's lots of like Patagonia, <laughs> things yeah. like that. I'm just not that type of person, you know, or I wore a, um, a jacket that's a little bit different out to... Um, you know, out to drinks. And I had a couple of comments like, oh, wow, getting fancy tonight. Ooh. And I, and while that's nice, I don't especially feel like those are that outlandish. (laughs) So it was nice to just be in a community of people where that was, you know, like being me was kind of the norm. And then it just allowed me to be even further expressive, you know? Yeah. Um, in a, in a really comfortable way. So I, yeah. And you know, after that though, it's like, I felt so inspired, so ready to take on the world. I just felt like on fire, bring it. I can't believe this. This is incredible. And then I had a full crash and, um, Went down in flames, not an actual literal crash, an internal
1: emotional meltdown crash. <laughs> okay, now describe that because that's part of the whole thing today. Is we, you know, I think everyone out there who has ever been to a really neat conference or seminar or a motivational speech of some sort or seen your favorite author come through town,
3: yeah. and
1: especially if you've had two or three days in the same energy with people who are like-hearted and yes. like hearted and like inspired, you know, and then we come back and how do we. I mean, I don't even know that it's really possible to maintain that level of energy. Like, I don't know that our system, our little, our human bodies could handle that level of energy, (laughs) sustain 24-7, 365, but how do you maintain? keep a flavor of that or enough of it where it keeps your flame burning until the next time you can come together with others in that same way or the people who inspire you. So I anyway, I just think this is really relevant. So what did that look like for you?
2: Yeah, I think um, you know, it started so uh, I felt really excited. I felt really inspired. Right after I was in Savannah, I went to Arizona. Arizona was um, had been a plan for a while because I wanted to get some sun, you know, this time of year, get some vitamin D. And so I started just kind of noticing like, oh, this kind of self-doubt creeping in or just not feeling really as excited, you know, and, and feeling like all these negative thoughts to kind of started washing or like kind of coming, you know, coming in. And so, um,
1: but what yeah, kind I just, of thoughts, like what, I mean, what are we like, if you don't mind oh, me ask being specific, because I feel like being specific yeah. makes it more applicable to everyone out there, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. My head can just get so negative, you
2: know, and that is coming from somebody who's trained, as a psychologist, in case everyone <laughs> forgot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it'll just start being like, um, I I kind of circle through a chronic messaging of um, this kind of no one wants to hear from you. No one cares about what you're saying. You're not going to be able to do any of your goals. Like you're embarrassing yourself. It kind of goes through that peace. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's so, Um, it's so painful because it, you know, it gets bigger, right? It's like, okay. And then not only are you embarrassing yourself and nobody wants to hear from you, but then also if you, you know, you're not reaching your goals, so then you're not going to make any money. And in fact, you're just going to like, you're going to go broke. Actually, you've made all of the most terrible decisions in life. And why did you do all of these things? You should have done X, Y, and Z. And it just gets relentless, you know? and that voice. yeah, I, I just and it's I've really done a lot of work around trying to really understand that voice when it comes up, because it really does come up when I'm in a place of fear or growth. Right. Which is what we read about with in the upper limit, right. The big leap with Gay Hendrix is like, those are the things that is all of the stuff that comes up when we're on, you know, we're really on the brink of some serious change in our own lives. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be, but sometimes I'm not able to step outside of those thoughts and really see them clearly for that. I'm just lost in those thoughts and I start to believe them and it's, yeah, go go ahead. ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say, say, (laughs) no, you go ahead, Sunny. I'll hold it. I'll hold mine. I know what I'm going to say. I'll hold it.
2: Okay. Yeah. I just was going to say, it's the belief in those thoughts that was really tanking my mood and my life for so many years. You know, like I believed those thoughts and got massive amounts of therapy and, you know, people, prescribers put me on all kinds of different medications, I was buying into those thoughts, you know, and that it's the belief in those that really, you know, contributed to a lot of depression for me. And so it's now at this point where I'm able to evaluate my thoughts more and see, I do not have to believe those. Those can be separate from me. And if I can instead understand you know that is my brain as, as as mean as it feels that is my brain trying to protect me from taking a new risk you know yeah. and and being unsafe in that way so what were you going to say
1: i was just going to say as you were saying those thoughts as, as and as you got further into them especially the ones about you're going to embarrass yourself like that yeah. just doesn't even feel like your voice that feels very old it feels yeah. like something picked up that's just been I've said this so many times on the show, but anyway, I think it bears repeating. You know, because ages zero through seven, we're in a theta wave state, so we absorb. We're just like a little, you know, if you can remember cassette players. When you hit record, you know, it's you're just like a little cassette tape recording everything. And I'm not. I have no idea. I'm not uh, trying to say where this might have come from. (laughs) I'm just saying, like that, just doesn't even feel. It feels like a program that has been running uh, the little tape that's been playing. That's not even you. Um, yeah, Mm -hmm. deep and old and dark. And
2: it does feel that way. Like, and that's, you know, that's always what I'm encouraging my clients to do is like really to question whose voice is that? Is it someone, you know, is it, does it sound like anyone? Does it sound familiar? And I think, you know, it shows up in my own life. And I know, I mean, my, 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 I had a, a a really critical stepfather. And, um, and so I know that that, you know, that that really sunk in and I, um, sort of, um, Mm, disengaged mother. Like I think about, um, I was just reading the big leap last night and as a refresher, I've read it before, but you know, in reading about one of the, the things that we might carry is if there was part of us that interpreted somewhere along the way that we are a burden to those around us Mm -hmm. and that, that is, that's kind of the piece that will come up again and again is that even in your success, you are burdening other people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from early years, you know, the moment I was born, I was both kind of a celebration and an absolute burden where, or considered to be that way. Right. And, um, and I think that that is um, because my father um, left the marriage with my mother re- when I was about one and said the reasons were because of me. So that's the <sighs> narrative that I grew up with because oh, my, as my mom was trying to really process her own pain in being left, I think it was easier for her to just say throughout my life without intending to cause harm he just didn't want children he didn't want children and he he wanted to be with somebody who had had abortions and that's what he wanted and Mm. that's who he's with and that was the narrative I grew up with just her straight up saying that and so I was both you know a celebration initially but also an immense burden I think for my mother's life um and then as my stepfather kind of came through also a burden on his, because I was a reminder of this former marriage. And so no surprise then that, you know, I come out of this mastermind and I'm like ready to take on the world. And I go to, you know, post something on social media that I think is amazing and want to share and feel so abundant and feel so big and then get really no, you know, met with um, really nothing, no Mm -hmm. responses. And that, that, um, that messaging again occurs. Yep. See, no one cares. You're annoying them. You are a burden. Right. And, and then it's kind of met and we can stay in that circle again and again and again and again. Um, and so, It's been really interesting to just kind of watch myself feel like, oh, I just on such a high, um, having this kind of crash and trying to, you know, be with myself in that and still show up because Susan is... She is not having any excuses.
1: Oh no. She got no
2: time for that. So she is like, you know, you can. I and I see other people saying all these reasons that they can't do things. And it's like, I don't want to do that with Susan. I really,
1: <laughs> it won't go well.
2: First no, of all. it won't go well. <laughs> and I'm very interested in being the best student I can be in that mastermind. I mean, I want to get everything i possibly can out of it and so it's interesting being in that hard spot and really wanting to have a full-blown pity party for myself which i have had one i recommend that people do a very intentional pity party like Did you wear a hat and everything? <laughs> I didn't but that is an amazing idea. I think i will get party favors cuz i secretly love all of the matching party plates and things that you can get to have like disney characters on them. <laughs> Like, I love that stuff. So I should get a pity party pack that I can bust out that has, like, the princesses from Disney and, like, I can just do it full swing. Because I, I love giving myself time to just, like, cry, you know, watch a movie, just fully feel sorry for myself, you know. So I've been... Yeah,
1: that's part of the human experience of it, you know. Yes, it's like trying to do that while also
2: trying to like, okay, do all my keep doing all my work.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I would bet you money that as we've been talking, if Benny is in the studio right now, which we cannot see, but um, if he is in there, he's googling pity party pack. Uh, pack. <laughs> oh, P- am party I now? <laughs> so i just figured she might be after she said that. I'm like, that has got to exist. Maybe not with the Disney characters. I know. You might have own, but. Anyway, uh, oh, and wow. I want to create that. That's an <laughs>
3: amazing idea. Actually, yeah.
1: I mean, that is a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just, I wanted to say on a more serious note um, that I it reminds me when you're talking about that, that I, I want to come back to the Gay Hendrix and Big Leap, uh, mm-hmm. breaking through upper limit thresholds, because I think that's relevant. It's relevant. I, I need to be reminded of that all the time. And I'm sure everyone else out there has their own upper limits that they want to know how to transcend and move through. But mm-hmm. when you said, you know, you went to this mastermind and you had the intent that you were going to put yourself out there more, be more vulnerable, show up so that yeah. you can move through this stuff. And I remember Martha Beck wrote a blog piece several years ago, and it was called The Last Temptation of You. Um, mm-hmm. You can Google that and find it. It's still available on our website. But it talks about how when we make a commitment to change, so for example, changing that old tired cassette tape recording that has been playing since you were little and, um, moving through, you could let those stories from your childhood hold you back, or you can decide to transcend them, um, and grow past them. And so when we make that commitment to Mm -hmm. put it out in the universe, that, not in any kind of a punitive or testing type way, but in the most beautiful, benevolent way possible, the universe will just lightly tap you and say, are you sure? Are you ready? Are we really going there? And it feels like the post that you did that didn't get the response that you were hoping for, that was the first thing that came to mind was, it's just the universe gently saying, are you sure, Alessandra? Because we're doing this. (laughs) How are you going to handle it now? Are you going to go back into the old stories? Are yeah. you going to put it out there and keep putting it out there? Because, you know, it's going to I I love all the stories. What was it um, that um, Marie Forleo, you know, when she was first starting as a coach and she was working in like a I don't know if she was a barista or like in a smoothie bar. Oh, she was so many things. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she was like she didn't she didn't even have like a. Uh, well anyway she was just so excited about it that she would share with anyone who would listen like i'm a coach and she would mm-hmm. write down their email address on the on a piece of paper and then go manually enter it into her list and then i mean now look at her like everyone starts in mm-hmm. the then a place where why well, say everyone i mean i'm sure some people start with more advantages than others i recognize those things but yeah. it doesn't happen overnight and when we're moving mm-hmm. i feel like you I identify with this I feel like you might identify with this that not only as we are building a business we are healing what the things that we came here to heal from a soul level perspective and that would be super boring if it happened overnight or if the universe just snapped its fingers and we were magically transformed and the next Marie Forleo right (laughs) so I think to be able to keep showing up and responding differently as we get challenges that would have sent us into a tailspin in previous years, Um, that's the, that's the I say that's the work, but really that's the joy, like that's the excitement of being a soul in a human body, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I think that it's so true because I'll I'll
2: think sometimes as I'm kind of going through it because I do think that you know we are. We're all on this spiritual journey, and for me, I've really noticed that building a business has been the biggest test for me in terms of growth and willingness to step out and be vulnerable. So it's like healing all these other parts of my life through what I'm needing for my business, which is – a pretty unique place to be or, you know, interesting anyway. I don't know about unique. A lot of people are doing that. But, you know, but I think really to tune into that, that, that's the piece that people miss is that there's really important growth happening and really important information for you if you're willing to tune in and be curious rather than just like, I'm full force moving forward. Doesn't matter. I don't know what these feelings are. I'm not going to tend to them. Who cares? <laughs> right. I just want to make money, you know, And or if like you're saying, we were to all of a sudden tomorrow be, you know, at that sort of Marie Forleo level of success, you would have missed so many opportunities for growth. It's just, absolutely so wild you know it's like in trying to put myself out on social media i'm healing relationship with my mother
1: right it's yes. like
2: it's very fascinating work
1: yes and yeah. i want to um well actually now i'm looking at the time it's 9 30 um shall we take our break everyone yeah let's take a break okay it's benny benny are yeah. you ready for hey, a break i'm down okay Good, (laughs) it's down for a break, so we're gonna take one. You're listening to Sunny in Seattle. I am one of your co-hosts on first Friday of the month, Sunny Joy McMillan, joined by- Dr. Alessandra Duke. And we will be back in just a few.
0: The preceding audio was via a Skype call.
1: Hey Sunny in Seattle friends. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that the greatest gifts and synchronicities of my life happened when I started listening to the voice of my soul and let it take the lead but in a crazy culture and a chaotic world it can often be difficult to hear that soul voice and we forget just how powerful that spiritual being inside you really is which is why I created Soul Digger a membership community for women and those who identify as women who want to live a soul driven life we meet virtually to learn connect share grow and inspire one another on our spiritual journey find out more at my website goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And click on the tab that says, work with me. So come get shamelessly spiritual with us in the Soul Digger community, where we mine the true gold that comes from your soul.
4: I'm Dr. Anthony Leizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. The Jefferson Memorial in Washington, D.C. overlooks the Tidal Basin a man-made body of water surrounded by cherry trees. Visitors can stroll along the water's edge, gazing up at the stately monument. But at high tide, people are forced off parts of the path. Twice a day, the tidal basin floods, and water spills onto the walkway. One problem is that the land is sinking. But as the climate warms, sea levels are also rising, and the flooding gets even worse during extreme storms, which are growing more common.
3: The whole entire National Mall sits in the 100-year floodplain. It's particularly vulnerable to all the challenges that we face.
4: Teresa Durkin is executive vice president of the Trust for the National Mall. To start addressing the problem, the Trust has brought together five design firms to reimagine the tidal basin's future.
3: Perhaps the tidal basin gets smaller. Perhaps some of the pathways become bridges. Maybe perhaps we'll create some new wetlands here. She
4: says preserving this national treasure in its current form is no longer an option.
3: There's got to be new thinking about how we do things and how we protect these important places.
4: Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org.
1: Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines.
3: Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful, pain reducing prescription medicines. But most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal welcome back
1: to sunny in seattle it is first friday of the month so it is a co-host deal today i'm sunny joy McMillan with dr alessandra duke hello yeah. and uh, of course benny on the board always providing the very t- timely on point music so so i wanted to come back um number one to because we've mentioned the book The Big Leap by Dr. Gay Hendricks. Gay has been a guest on the show before. He is I would say top 5 most transformative books in my lifetime this time around. Um The Big Leap is one of them. And it's a very short, it's an easy read. Like it's very approachable, digestible, but I the 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 material is just um, uh, just priceless. Um, so yeah. just a quick synopsis in case anyone out there has not read it or, um, has heard about it, but doesn't really know what we're talking about. Um, there is what gay calls an upper limit threshold. And basically when you are young and this, again, probably we were just talking about, you know, ages zero through seven, you absorb a lot, whether you want to or not. And um, if you have a family that um, has some issues with abundance, success, and love, um, that they're, you, know, you were either told not to outshine your sibling or as Alessandra mentioned, you felt or were told that you were a burden on your family, there are a number of ways this can happen. But basically, we all have some type of a threshold once we hit adulthood for how much abundance, success, and love we can tolerate. And so this can manifest, for example, um, If you're up for the big promotion and you're on your way uh, to the interview that will seal the deal and you get laryngitis or you get into a fender bender or, you know, you're you're um, you win the lottery, for example. This is statistically it's significant how this happens. And you I'm sure there are some people who if they just had a little bit more financial advice, it might help. But really. Um, net worth being a reflection of self-worth. A lot of lottery winners go back to their original level um, of net worth or poverty um, or even below that. And it's basically when we are put up against an opportunity to grow, we have a couple of choices. You can either be upper limited, hit that threshold and just knock yourself back down. Oh, another good example that I think everyone can relate to. Um, You are something good is happening in your life and you pick a fight with your significant other or, uh, partner or spouse, like you do something subconsciously, unconsciously to kick yourself back down, um, to whatever level you were comfortable in. But just because we're comfortable in something doesn't mean we need to stay there. And when we are faced with opportunities to grow, um, just like Alessandra was talking about with her mastermind, it, you, you, you need to be able to transcend your upper limit, threshold. And one of the ways that Dr. Hendricks talks about that, and this is something that he has used for years, um, is he uses a mantra, um, called I think he calls it his ultimate success mantra. And I think it's changed over the years, but the one that I have used and remember um, from original reading of the book was, I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. And, you know, repeating a mantra is one way to help try to reprogram. There are a lot of other things that you can do out there. I think energy psychology, any of those modalities can be good for helping uh, deprogram that little cassette tape in the subconscious or um, hypnotherapy. There, there are ways out there to do that. Um, and I think just use your intuition and inner guidance toward what will work for you. But that's what we are talking about. But Alessandro, when you were talking about the whole burden thing, if I remember correctly, Gay Hendrix, his father died very shortly after, um, since you're rereading it, mm-hmm. um, after mm-hmm. his birth. And so he was a yes. celebration and a burden. Yes
3: energetically,
1: Mm -hmm. financially, you know, emotionally, all the above. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So is there, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else really relevant about his story that, um, I don't know, that just made me think of it when you had been talking about your family. So, yeah,
2: yeah. I think, I think it's like he, he goes through the four, you know, the four different, um, I forget what he calls them, but there's like four different sort of ways of thought that might be getting in your way you know and so he shares that like you know feeling um like you you're some kind of like your success would be a burden or um uh maybe abandonment of if you were to succeed then would you be abandoning your you know this sort of silent agreement that you've had with certain friends or family members, right? Where it's like, you're all, you've all just sort of been able to bond over this one way of being. And so would your success be a threat to that? And those are all, these are ways that we just sort of sort of stifle our own, um, ability or what is it opportunity to feel better and to feel all of the good things, you know, we will get in our own ways and not even see these different hurdles. And then he's got a couple more, but they're of course slipping out of my mind right now, but it is very helpful. So if anybody has not read the big leap, I would highly, highly recommend it. It's Me a very too. easy read and it really does just, um, it tr- It just transforms your, your way of viewing how some of this stuff shakes down because I really think that, you know, an example about the mastermind and Sunny, I want to make sure that we move from this soon and talk about Hi. you because I want to hear what's going on with you. But, yeah, yeah. you know, in the case of the mastermind, it would be really, really easy for me to take what happened right after. So I threw it um an event and, you know, I got about half a third or maybe a third of the number of people that I thought might come and ended up breaking even. I signed up to give, you know, proceeds from that event to a local nonprofit. I didn't get any proceeds, right? Mm -hmm. Then I sent out some social media posts, no responses. Then I sent out some opportunity to work with me, you know, like a VIP experience when I was in Arizona to these particular clients, like no response, right? Just like, crickets, 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 Mm -hmm. right after I'm feeling like on top of the world. And it would be very easy to just look at that and be like, you know, see, it's, it's not working and it's not gonna work for me. And so I will just go ahead and go back to what I know um, and what I know how to do and what I know to, you know, that makes sense or makes money kind of like, you know, um, Gay Hendricks talks about the zone of, zone of competence, right? Things that we're competent at that we can do zone of excellence, where we are excellent at what we do and can make money, which is where the bulk of us kind of hang out. We do what Mm -hmm. we're really good at right and then the zone of genius which is like you are in flow and nobody can do this exactly as you do it right so it's like as much as I feel on the precipice of doing more work in my zone of genius then of course all of these threats like I love that example of the last temptation of you with Martha Beck makes me be like okay you know I'm just gonna go right back into my zone of competence excellence and it will be fine right? Like, let's not try to do this new thing. So if you know, I just think that that book helps shed light on what might be happening. Yeah, I
1: agree with that. Oh, is that Murphy? I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> no, this is, It's <laughs> live radio. Everybody works from home. Everybody. Do you remember that wonderful thing? It was like on, I don't know. It made the rounds on social media, and I don't remember the original station, but that dear man who was being interviewed as an expert on, like, CNBC and, like, this huge world issue. And and he's, obviously, they have a Zoom call, and he's um, in his home office, and then all of a sudden, a tiny toddler busts in the room, and this <laughs> harried mother comes running in behind, like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Like, this is life just Come Black, on, yes
2: yeah yeah he <laughs> loves to do that when I'm like on radio or teaching
1: an online class <laughs> you should pay attention to it because he might be emphasizing giving you exclamation points on like yeah what you just said is what yeah. you need to be hearing or you need to be sharing or whatever so True. I do feel like he is just a little
2: em- empathic vessel running around yeah no yeah he's fine. Oh, oh
1: God. Now, um, let's see, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, that was what, okay. So um, um, two things. Uh, I think that sometimes in the spiritual community or folks who are very law of attraction oriented, and I, you know, I kind of, I have my own thoughts about all of that. I believe the law of attraction is a real thing. However, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can make all the vision boards in the world. But if, if you have um, what, Tosha Silver talks about as parabdha karma. You're like, there's something that you came into this lifetime to do. Your soul is going to be like guiding things more than your human who created the vision board sometimes. So making sure that the human and the soul are in alignment for whatever you are creating is important. But also, you know, if you've got some underlying stuff that would keep you from, from creating what you really want to create. I feel like Gay Hendrick's book is a, is a wonderful way to really see what might be the underlying issue here. Um, if I am not seeing the results of the transformation in my life that I feel is possible or that I feel my soul wants me to move toward. Mm-hmm. Um, so that said, and then also I was reminded as you were talking about, um, I was listening to, uh, all last week, there was this, um, I guess there's this event company called celebrate your life Um, i for whatever reason was not familiar with it but they do events with some of the biggest names in the biz you know liz gilbert and um, you know lisa nichols who i'm about to reference and martha beck and anita morjani but they did their first online event last week and it was five days 11 interviews a day of some of the people that i love the most with some newbies in the field and I heard Lisa Nichols, who I've known about for a long time, but I've never really paid much attention to her work. And yeah, I um, love her. <laughs> wow, yeah. And so she was sharing, and you may already know this about her, but she didn't actually felt like, the way she explained it was, she wasn't really on the path of feeling like she knew what she wanted to do or was really aligned with her sole purpose until she hit about 32. And it wasn't until she said she was about 40 or early 40s that she started making money. Eight years is a long time that she mm-hmm. kept at it, even before we knew her as the Lisa Nichols that we do now, and I I love hearing those stories. I remember there's one of my for any entrepreneur out there, I cannot recommend this podcast highly enough. Well, oh sorry, I don't think I'm allowed to do that on non-commercial radio. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so retract that. I'll just say that on a podcast out in the world. <laughs> sorry, I'm still getting used to the. <laughs> yeah. you uh, in Petaluma. I was getting excited. But I, I heard an interview with the uh, founder of Airbnb, which I think most people in the world are familiar with Airbnb now. But he was saying that when he had the initial idea and he was going to investors for seed money, he received I, – I could have sworn he said that there were over 100 folks who reviewed – his business plan or his proposal, and said, that is the screwiest idea I've ever seen. No one is going to pay to stay in someone else's house or on their property (laughs) and look at it. And if he had taken the first 99 rejections and gone home with it, we would not have Airbnb, which is the only way I like to travel these days. So, you know, I like, I don't, hotels make me uncomfortable and I really enjoy staying in a little cottage. You know, that's why we fell in love with Petaluma was because Mm -hmm. of an Airbnb that's out Chileno Valley that has, you know, some beautiful little Balinese cottage and a a little three-legged kitty that stayed with us that she was this magical, she was 23 years old and without that, Airbnb experience, we probably would not be living in Petaluma. So anyway, all that to say, I'm so glad that Airbnb didn't take the initial rejections and stuck with it. Uh, I know so many
2: people, like there are so many success stories where it's like, there were so, there was so much rejection or so much of people saying no to them, you know, I mean, and it's just, I think like there, there's, there's so many wonderful examples of that where it's like, okay, well, what if even, you know, Beyonce had decided, you know, well, I didn't, I didn't get as much of a turnout as I wanted. So I'm just going to stop. Right. And it's just like people, I think the success comes from continuing to show up, right. Showing up despite evidence,
1: right? Yes. Just to keep going. Yeah. And this actually is a segue into the thing that I was most excited to, um, yes. other than hearing from you, but the thing for me on my side that I wanted to share with people out there, um, it, because if you think about, uh, I hear a lot. And as we're talking about continuing to show up, How do you know if you're showing up on the right path? Like, how do you know if you've received the 99 rejections that you're still on the right path? When is there a sign that you should, you know, that you should shut it down and go another way? Because I who was it that I interviewed Um, Alan Cohen? Um, Many people know him from, I think, his work in A Course in Miracles, but. I interviewed him like a year ago or something, and he was talking, it was a book on business, like sacred, like business from a spiritual perspective. And he was saying that sometimes you need to also look at those signs to know when to redirect and go another way. So I am often sitting in the question of how do you know that you are still you know, you know, that you don't need to course correct a little bit or redirect. Like, I don't want to be so tenacious with something that I miss the real path that my soul was trying to send me on by clinging so hard to another path, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And so one of the interviews that, um, that this event that I was listening to last week that I loved the most, you know, Anita Moore one of my favorite humans. Um, she's been on the show before. Um, and I, um, her work, has helped me really um, understand self-love in a way that I never was able to before. Like, it finally made sense or it landed for me. So she was talking about during, for those who, I I feel positive most people listening to this will know who Anita Morjani is, but she had one of the most... Powerful near-death experiences because it was combined with a massive physical healing from in-stage lymphoma. Like she was in a coma and her family members had been notified to come to the bedside. She had huge, you know, lemon-sized tumors, weeping lesions all over her body. She was done according to the doctors and, and I mean, uh, you know, a four-year fight of this cancer. And Uh, she of course had her near death experience where she was told if you go back, you know, now you remember who you really are. This is the spiritual being that is so powerful that is tied to all that is. If you go back, you will heal from your cancer, which she did within about six weeks. And there are, she's been on Dr. Oz with the medical records, She's had numerous doctors review these records, and she walked out, like, testing lymph nodes and everything, cancer gone. So that in and of itself is pretty incredible. But the thing that I wanted to focus on for our conversation here is she was saying when she was on the other side, she uh, was given information that, you know, she met her dad who had passed. She met her friend, Sunny, who had passed of cancer several years before. And all of these beings who are reminding her, you know, go back and live your life fearlessly. If you do go back, you will have the, the the ability to heal from the cancer and do what you really came here to do. Not only did she, was she shown that her purpose was tied to her husband, Danny, a wonderful man, um, but she also saw, was given images of herself on a stage speaking in front of thousands of people. And She, this was really funny because as she describes it, she was raised in a largely, she's, she's, um, Indian, um, was raised within the Hindu religion. Of course, she had a lot of other cultural influences because they lived in Hong Kong, but in her culture, the way that she describes it, women were told to be, um, it was a, it was a value to be subservient, quiet, demure, seen and not heard good at housework and little else. These are her words, not mine. Um, and so she, to, to know that if she was to come back from the near-death experience and be on the stage, she was like, I was not a public speaker. I, that was not something that I was wanted to do, had any experience in. But she was just given that glimpse. And the only, the thing that she was told was, go back and number one, be yourself. Number two, love yourself. Number three, shine your light brightly. And as long as you do those three things your purpose will unfold. She was not told what her purpose was. I think we all know what it is now, but but back then between the near-death experience and how we know Anita today, that was like in 2006. So here we are in 2020. That was 14 years ago. A lot has happened. Um, and so between that, the, those just small little glimpses of seeing herself on a stage, all she did was come back, be herself, love herself and shine her light brightly and the rest unfolded if i mean for those who know her story um she posted her story on a near-death experience site with her name uh anita m she didn't even put her last name wayne dyer somehow discovered her story and that is where things really begin to unfold but all she did was get come back and get comfortable telling the story and the divine tapestry that was forming in the ethereal realms really really Brought pulled her forward into the work that she's doing. And the reason I wanted to mention this is because in past First Fridays for the last several months, I, I shared that I had had this intuitive or, or reading with um, Sarah Landon, who is, you know, a, um, she's been on the show before and I, I resonate deeply with her work. And one of the messages that I received was, look, don't get so tied up in the specificity of what you're supposed to be doing, whether you're supposed to be coaching or teaching or broadcasting or speaking or writing or any of the things like, look, just love yourself and live fully. That's all they said. (laughs) And I was like, can it be that easy? Can I really trust? And then, you know, I've used the example, the one I will repeat until the cows come home, because it's the most this or tangible one that I have. Is you know Chase? I had no specificity. I didn't want anybody. And if I had made a list, Chase would be vastly different than that list. And somehow that is what arrived in my life. And so I really am. When Anita said that, all you have to do is be yourself, love yourself, shine your light brightly. The rest is going to take care of itself. I am. I am living this as I am saying it. I don't have proof. I don't know that how the dots are connecting. I think I told you my. Thing for the year was go small. Not in that I want to <laughs> yeah. like hide under a rock, but like I don't have the pressure that this is going to be my biggest earning year of all time. That I'm going to write another book. That Sunny in Seattle will be broadcast around the world, like you know, syndicated or something like that. I am just every day the question that I'm asking myself is, am I living fully? And I really feel that am I loving myself, of course, but am I living fully? And I can tell. If I'm hiding from making a social media post because I'm afraid that people will respond negatively to it, that is not living fully. Like, that is my – I am guided moment to moment, action by action, by the question that I'm now asking myself, am I living fully? And I am going to go out on a limb here. And I'm not telling anyone else to live their life like this, but I am going to be doing this as the grand experiment that I kind of started back in December and feel very emboldened with having heard Anita last week kind of validate what I was already feeling or uh, hoping. Um, so, yeah, living, if you, I feel like if you ask the question, am I living fully? Like that's really the barometer. You can't go. I don't, I hate making blanket statements, but I really don't feel like you could miss your purpose, miss your life's calling, miss your soul agenda. If you live fully, I think there's no way you could miss it. I don't see mm-hmm. how, if someone has an idea of that, get like, I want, I love devil's advocate. You know, I'm an attorney by training. This is, I like my happy place. So tell me where this is wrong. I want to know. So if you got anything out there or Alessandra, what your thoughts are on that, I'm yeah. curious.
2: Well, and I'm so curious for you. So let's say that you, there's somebody who's listening. You ask yourself, am I living fully? The answer is no. (laughs) That's like, what's one step that you would encourage people to do? Like if they, if the answer is no for them, what, what's a step they can take?
1: Well, I'm going to say we, in my coaching tradition, we go with turtle steps. So that is basically the smallest possible step you could take on your absolute worst day. So start there. Cause I think living fully is like strengthening, strengthening a muscle. Living fully can be pretty scary because often in my experience for me to live fully goes against culture. Um, And not everyone has their own culture. You've got your own family of origin, anywhere that you feel like social pressure, that's culture. Um, So Often for me to live fully means to show up in ways that I am afraid of because it goes against culture. Um, I might be saying something that goes against perhaps the religious teachings of my youth. I might be saying something that I fear people will take as a little bit too metaphysical out there for those science-minded folks. But for me to live fully, it means showing up and doing those small things. So get a turtle step. Number one, do it as a turtle step, not like a quantum leap. I mean, unless you feel so inspired. Um, and then number two, I have been. I go toward the things that feel. Um, we talk about the body compass in my tradition, you know. So if it feels, um, if it feels like it's going to make your light shine brighter, if it brings you joy, if it fascinates you, if it gives you feelings of, of relaxation and expansion in the body, the analogy that I will use is being on the high dive of a swimming pool. You are standing up on the high dive and. Of course, just by nature of being on a high dive, you're going to have some butterflies like, you know, humans don't really want it. We have we're born with two fears, loud noises and fear of falling. So jumping off big things is probably not in our most programmed nature. So you're standing up there. You've got butterflies. It's the difference between it being a hot summer day and you look down and it's a beautiful, clear pool. And, you know, when you get there, it's going to be a big whoosh of cool, refreshing or you look down and it's toxic sludge. And so, you know, not only do you have the butterflies of jumping, but when you land, it's going to be pretty icky. So go towards something that even if it gives you a little bit like nervous, (laughs) it's still, you know, once you do it, that will be living fully be on to yourself. You know, what living fully is in your life. It's different for everybody. I know what mine is. You know, what yours is, um, and use that body compass and, uh, yeah, the little turtle step analogy. That's what I got. And I know we're coming right up at we're at 957. Anything else before we sorry, I didn't mean to take us right to the end of the show and not give you any room to comment. <laughs>
2: no, I love no, I love it. I love all that you're sharing here and I think it's just so incredibly helpful, you know, for anyone who's listening to To just be asking that question, am I living fully? I love it. And, you know, that's something where it's like I got to have a little bit of taste of that, you know, of feeling like, oh, okay. In, you know, even at my mastermind time, like this is how I feel when I'm living fully. So I I think that everybody has some some time in their life that they can pull from, even if it's just a moment where you felt like that was me living fully. And how can I step into that? You know, what's the smallest step that I can take? I love it.
1: Yes. I love that. Pull from a past experience. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. This has been your first Friday for March. And, uh, I, I am Sunny Joy McMillan. I've been joined by my fabulous co-host, Dr. Alessandra Duke. And thanks Benny on the board. Um, thanks, so Benny. we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye.
0: The preceding audio was via a Skype call.